Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, I'm Ed Larson. I need to tell you about my new documentary coming out called How America Killed My Mother. In 2016, my mother passed away suddenly from diabetes. Between the cost of medicine, overdraft fees from banks, credit cards, predatory casinos, we couldn't keep up. So I took the insurance money and I made this movie. How America Killed My Mother is available from October 2nd to November 5th for rental and purchase on Vimeo. Just go to howamericakilledmymother.com right now to watch. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. Yeah, your That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Um, I know a lot of you guys think that Ben Kissel and I, detail-oriented, hyper-detail-oriented, data-driven <laughs> managers of a media company, but yeah. I am going to shock you. Yeah, we are. We're actually more broad strokes. Broad people. strokes. Yes. Except you do know all of the fake politic numbers. I watch C-SPAN. That's the real fake politic numbers. But they just because say you get numbers. To see, well, you get to see them talking blah 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 blah, 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 blah. and mostly. It's just them going through the red tape to even start talking because you got to say, sir, may I be allowed to speak? And then they say, after 18 lashes, you may speak, (laughs) sir. And then the 18 lashes happen. And then you have to ask for permission to apologize (laughs) for even requesting the idea to speak. American oh, politics oh, are very a, interesting. A horrible nightmare that uh, Kissel was boring me to death. Whoa! The Parliament's fun, though, because they beat each other up, but they're British and I, frail. I like it because they got floppy wigs <laughs> on and they yell at each other. That, to me, if you want to get me involved, that's how I get involved. And you know why they do that. It's an adversarial system. So the main person, I think they're called the main twerp. They sit in the middle, and mm. then the dueling parties face each other. So, in the U.S., they all face one side. I think one party's like, them. Don't they have like a party of nerds? Yeah. And then they got a party of dorks. Yes. And then they got a part of thin guys with big Adam's apples. <laughs> then they have like actual little like literal like Nazis in there. Then they got the Italian like spaghetti junction. Isn't there is no they have a party in the UK called the spaghetti junction? Yeah, the Mussolini heads. There's so many things going on in parliamentary politics and like and they're and politics continue just grinding on here as if it's just a big old well, sausage machine and just like just spurting out shreds of the American dream into big intestinal casings. If I was made dictator, number one, number one change, it's just the setting. I change the theater. They face each other. So then they have to scream at each other, look at each other's eyes, and we'll see who stands their ground. I wish my president, honestly, if I were to even consider enjoying a president, anybody who likes a president is diseased. <laughs> I think that if I were to enjoy a president, he would need to be she. You would have loved Teddy Roosevelt. She, you would have loved would Teddy have Roosevelt because several, you love the same reason you love L. Ron Hubbard is because of the body shape. You're talking about vision, vision for the future. 
character. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, I've written, I've actually uh, read several biographies of him. He's a fun guy. He used to swim yeah. naked in the lake behind the White House. He used to climb trees and shit. I love this guy. And there was a story one time where, and we'll start the show, by the way. This is the last podcast on the left. Side stories. Side stories. Side stories. Teddy Roosevelt, also, he would do big game hunting, but he did not like to cheat. So somebody tied up a lion to a tree, and he said, I will not shoot that lion. Untie, said lion. He let then it go six he, feet. Yeah, she shot it. it in the fucking head. <laughs> well, I think that the president should be physically strong. I agree. I, I, I want to see, especially like, honestly, it'd be kind of fun to be a big, see a big jacked woman president. Sure. Very tall, big buxom, smart as Rhea a smart, Ripley, perhaps. Like, I, I don't well, know who you're talking American. about. She's a wrestler, but she's not even American. I'm so. just talking about young, I think. somebody with big gazongas, big legs, uh-huh. just physically strong, wrestling a bunch of tiny men. I, I, you know what, buddy? I am here for it. In the future, you never know what it's going to bring. You never know. Speaking of the future, we have a lot of strange stories to get to today. One including Joe Montana in one of the weirdest stories we have ever covered, but also one of the stories where the people involved don't want to talk about what happened as much. This is a weird little side story that uh, popped up. Joe Montana's granddaughter. Yeah, was they stopped an attempted kidnapping inside of his mansion, and I have Freaking no insane. fucking clue. What, they're being a little tight-lipped because I think Joe Montana, being who he is, if for those of you who don't know, even I know who Joe Montana is. He's a very Four-time winning Super Bowl quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers. He's a legend. And he he was born with that name. I don't think his name is like Joe Hinklebaum. I think that he (laughs) was born Joe Montana. Did you ever think growing up that your last name, I used to always think this about Kissel, was just a guarantee you'd never be successful in sports. Yes, I was told openly that Zabrowski, when I first got into show business, that Zabrowski was too ethnic <laughs> to survive, which I and think now, is really funny. And now, of course, you're not ethnic enough, and you're not <laughs> getting cast. I'm not white, I'm Polish. Yes, well, now, Joe Montana claimed that this woman, Sodzai Dal- Dalzell, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce Nailed it. Nailed it. Kind of just walked into his house, yeah. and they came downstairs, they found her holding his grandchild that was in the bassinet, it walked in, it pulled up the grandchild out of the crib, and she was just holding it and rocking it. And apparently, Joe Montana and his wife, Jennifer, started to negotiate with this person. Eventually, Jennifer, his wife, Jennifer Montana, physically wrestled the child away from the woman. Okay, so just set that scene. You're Joe, you're Joe Montana. You're upstairs cooking steaks. His wife, I don't know. She's doing something very fun with her yoga instructor. You walk downstairs. You see this woman holding your nine-month-old. asleep. And good night. You don't know if she has a knife in her back somebody pocket. Somebody left my grandson in somebody else's crib. You're just wealthy in Malibu, um, and now you have to negotiate to get your baby back. Tell me why I'm here and not in the cemetery. <laughs> like you have to deal with a Stephen so King character. I don't know where, and you know, being a field general. He saw, using his vision, his cone of vision, I've seen you play Madden. Of course, the cone of vision. He saw it and he click, click, <laughs> click, click, and he made, you know, he saw the way the runners were going, he saw the avenues and stuff, and he just walked in and fucking American elbowed this woman well, on the that, side of the head. I don't know if that's true. That is not what happened. The sheriff department, this is according to their statement, they said a tussle ensued and Mrs. Montana was able to safely pry the child whoa, whoa, whoa. out of he the suspect's his, arms. On Twitter, Joe Montana is going as Joseph Montana? I don't know, buddy. Old people are weird on Twitter. It, the whole thing should be banned. He does do the thing where he like signs it off like "Love Joe." <laughs> That's right. every time he tweets. It's that type. It's like, this is not a letter to your loved one in the Civil War. This is a uh, destabilizing influence on the American economy and the government. The woman is facing charges of kidnapping and burglary. Thankfully, nobody was injured uh, during the incident, including the nine-month-old child. But what, were we, but what we really need to talk about here is Henry. Late fatherhood. Well, you. I think he, that's his grandchild. Are you sure? That's his grandchild. Yes, he's got. They they don't know which that he belonged to. He's got four kids. I was okay. looking this up. He's got four kids, um, and they're all kind of suitably like of age. Oh yes, grandchild. Very good point. But still hard to be taking care of a nine month old at any age. What are you talking about? He's fucking Joe Montana. Give him the rock. He knows it's not a football. You can't throw the baby. Yeah, you know he knows that there are certain rules, and every. 
in every game, if you look at every situation you're in, like a new game, like a new mm. a new oh, sport, you know that there are certain regulations you got to follow. And now that you're Grandpa Montana, you can't necessarily spike that child when you cross the end zone of having a successful visit to the Sizzlers. You are right, me Sizzlers. Did, what? What happened? I never even went to a Sizzlers. Are you telling me it died before I could go to see it? Yep, it's down. Really? Yep. I guess the I guess the hush puppies carry COVID like <laughs> extremely well. I think the yeah, I think the buffet business is really taking a hit. I will not let it die. I will not let it die. I will sink whatever money it is that we make out of the last podcast venture mm-hmm. into a series of satanic buffets. Can you tell me why I've been struggling with the sneeze guard this entire time if the damn thing doesn't even stop COVID? I hate the sneeze guard. I'm always hitting my the hand on it. The sneeze guard was so, always there to make you feel emotionally But it better. never worked. No, of course not. It, it barely covered the food. So the, And when I sneezed when I was at the buffet, honestly, if ugh. you're a successful person, you take your shirt and you put the shirt over your nose and you just sneeze <laughs> directly onto your body. Oh, isn't that nice? That's how I always protect myself so, and others. Joe Montana did tweet out, because of course you take to Twitter, when your grandchild is almost abducted. It is 2020 after all. He says... Thank you to everyone who reached out. Scary situation, but thankful everybody is doing well. We appreciate respect for our privacy at this time. And Lisa I just want to say, alone. I just want to say, big ups to God for giving me the strength to continue and go and really, you know, make the connection he's doing. I just want to say thank you to my teammate Jennifer, who's my wife. I have sex with, and oh. she's been a great, wonderful part of the team. She's always there when I need to have sex, when I need to make a new uh, chain of family. And I just want to really thank hey. everybody involved. Absolutely, and what a great, uh, a lucky grandchild that is. Other than nearly being abducted, which is just going to be a funny story in the future, you get to have Joe Montana as your grandfather. You can imagine how fun the cookouts are. He won four Super Bowls with the Niners, 82, 85, They know Jerry Rice. And they know Jerry Rice and 1990. Jerry Rice, the hardest working wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Not the most athletic and not the fastest, but you know what he was? aggressive when it came to the off-season workout plan. And you and I know. That's what we do. Our off-season workout plan, because right now we consider this entire year off-season. And we've really been getting down into the proper podcasting shape, which is my body is slowly becoming the, uh, I'm filling the chair. And I think it's important to, because my lungs are getting more cradled with what I'm calling plague meat. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a nightmare about sitting on a plane recently. I'm not in plane weight. And for those that haven't traveled a lot, uh, planes, even the biggest of seat is not that large. No, it is very uncomfortable for Kissel, except for that one time on on the flight to Australia when you slept like a child who recently was given a a breast filled with most delicious milk. One could argue I took too many sleeping pills. Another would argue I slept 17 hours straight and the stewardess was absolutely impressed on that same trip to Australia. However, coming back from Perth, I broke a seat. I was forced to sit (laughs) by the bathroom. I, I delayed the plane by an hour and at the very end of the flight, they gave me a bottle of wine and said, we're sorry. That's so nice, Australia. That was very nice, but it was me doing well, it, but they were so embarrassed for me. Speaking of people that are too big to live, I want to talk about this story. That This is not really even a story. This is a historical thing that was brought to me oh, okay. that I uh, I am fascinated with. And really? It's, it's the topic of the Potsdam Giants. You think that we can cover a historical thing without Marcus? You think we're just going to do this? Watch me try. <laughs> this is, comes from historyanswers.co.uk. God knows what's going on over there. Now, King Frederick William I of Prussia, he greatly mm. expanded the size of the Prussian army from 38,000 to 83,000 men. Now, he became known as the Soldier King. Wow. And his military projects, they paved the way for his son, Frederick the Great, to turn Prussia from a relatively minor German kingdom loser. into a great European power. No, winner. For, yeah, loser to winner. And a part of that was a strange obsession that King Frederick William I, his father, had with um, essentially something like eugenics. Okay. He loved huge soldiers. <laughs> okay. So he created this thing called the Grand Grenaders of Potsdam. And they were <laughs> universally known as the Potsdam Giants or Why did, I the feel Long like, Guys. I feel like they just have soup ladles on their head and they're just hitting everybody with wooden guy. spoons. Look at this fucking guy. Wow, this was one of his biggest. Outfit. This tallest soldier was a man named James Kirkland. He was an Irishman who stood at seven foot one. Right? And so this starts at like, oh, it was wonderful. Okay, also, you can't see the photos, obviously, because this is a podcast, but the hat on this man is about the half the size of a red sausage. It's huge. It's like a foot-long hat. He did it on purpose. He said each one had to be over six feet tall, and in some ways, the Giants, they were given exclusive treatment. They were given um, fine blue uniforms and like this cap, Uh, this this very special grenadier cap. They were being sent to die, by the way. 
No, they ended up not being. There's a whole shit. Okay. whole bunch of the grenade your cap that they were given was over 45 centimeters high to make them appear even taller. <laughs> they were given excellent combinations and ate the best food. Oh, rates of pay were determined by height alone. <laughs> so the See, more now that is good because there is a thing called the tall tax. I pay extra for clothes. I pay extra for pants. I pay extra for shirts. Yes, I pay extra for seats. I pay extra for everything simply because I happen to be a warrior size. But it became. A little bit um, of an intense situation okay. because um, first the giants were willingly participating and volunteering. Human beings, yes. Yes, yes. But yeah. eventually they were being bred by him, by him, first of all, pairing he was the- milking tall, the giants. He was having the giants be milked by huge women, very, very tall <laughs> okay. women. So that started trying to build up just them naturally. Then he started purchasing them from families where they would go from town to town and newborn babies uh-huh. were marked with a bright red scarf for identification purposes if they were considered to become unusually tall. Okay. And then they would be given to the government. So that's a bit of, uh, I mean, that's that's sort of a variation of the slave trade, I suppose, in the giant form. This yeah. is the story. One of the big this guy James Kirkland, how he got involved, he was measured seven foot one and one inch, right? And they gave him this job, but they knew that the king of Prussia wanted this super huge guy, and he was fucking thirsty for it. So what? They made him like a waiter or something, knowing that the guy was going to go to the restaurant. Essentially, made him like a footman, like an assistant to this Baron Bork, the Russian ambassador <laughs> to London. But in reality, the offer was a trap. Kirkland was what? then sent to a Prussian ship, where he's like, "Just get on the ship. Don't even worry about how it. How can he ship. even fit on the ship? That's so uncomfortable." This poor bastard. I'm mad at Delta, and technically, that's the highest advancement we've ever had in transportation. They got him on the ship. Uh. They knocked him out. They tied him to a bed. What is he, Gulliver? Yep. And then they brought him in, and now he had his dress like this in this orange they, uniform. They made him dress like a freaking like a like a child, like one of these like honey boo boo yes. in some bizarre competition in South Dakota. I can't get deep into this because I know there's so much what involved in this. Um, he just got murdered. He got murdered. And so why do you feel like this is a fun story? Well, they were used as entertainment for him eventually. He st- they were so precious to him that they wouldn't even let them go into war. So, so he did one according to the king of Prussia, according to uh, the 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 first the most beautiful girl or woman in the world would be a matter of indifference to me. But <laughs> tall soldiers, they are my weakness. <laughs> okay. I cannot. So he just constantly dropped grapes on the floor and just been like, hey, Thurngird, yep. hey, make sure you go and okay, pick that up. Or, no, that's not how he sounded. Boss. That's really not how he sounded. You he could have been very articulate it. and very smart. Okay. So, and they yeah. were proceeding. He would make them uh, do parades for him with uh, deformed people. Uh, tall, turbaned moors with cymbals and trumpets oh and the God. grenadiers mascots, and then they'd be followed by a big bear with cymbals tied to its hands. I understand why the why the king thought that was fun. I get the I get it. First of all, the bear. It, if the animal can't hold the symbols by itself, that's animal cruelty. If the animal wanted to play the symbol, that's great. Obviously, the bear didn't want to. No, isn't a bear enough? Why do you have to have it cling clanging down the street as well? Well, if it ended up being really good at the symbols, it became the Michael Jackson of symbol bears, and we'd see that maybe there is a place for child abuse. Oh, right. Well, I got to say this: when it comes to the story, what I've picked up on there's a long history of the tall man being um, sympathetic or being aligned with people who maybe have special needs or so, which is why tall people are very sympathetic and empathetic to individuals who might not be seen as normal by society. I went to see Elton John, for example. You know that story. Yes, we all know. You were put in the disabled section. And I was put in the disabled section because I couldn't fit in the seats and they were yelling, sit down, sit down. And I was like, I'm just trying to enjoy the show, sir. Me, a woman in a wheelchair and a man with special needs. I got the woman in the wheelchair a large BL. We had a great time. That's incredible. And it was a great seat. Not quite as good as the one that I paid $700 for, but... It was a seat indeed. Fucking $700. But that was on a whim. That, that was, was on Nashville. a whim. Yeah, yeah that was in Nashville. Uh, the, All right. Where it got really notorious is that he tried to make his own tall people by getting his his very favorite grenadiers and putting them on a constructed rack and trying to make them and stretching them until they were taller and he just ended up killing a bunch of them. Yeah, that sounds horrible. All right. Well, thank you for the history lesson. Definitely pulled it off in a way that, you know, we don't have any, we didn't have any good detail. Wide, broad strokes. Broad strokes. Broad strokes. Well, speaking of broad strokes, this story, we would be remiss if we didn't mention it this week. A woman, um, 911 is there for emergencies and emergencies only, right? Yeah, but also something, what's cool about 911 is yeah. 
just on the other line. Let's say you're just some like lonely person. It's not a sex line. line. I'm just saying that right on the other line, you have a bunch of fucking barrel chested <laughs> boys in blue and orange. You think that's who 911 operators are? Barrel chested boys in blue and orange. Sometimes, you know, it depends on what their if their name is like Bradley or something. Well, that's definitely what this woman thought. This woman has been charged after calling 911, claiming, "quote her pussy." Was on fire. Oh, that and sounds it, like an emergency. It does sound like an emergency, and it seems like she needs to get that pussy a little wet. If you know what I'm talking no, about. No, she has a. I mean, technically, she would need to go to the doctor, and the doctor would just write WAP on the prescription, especially if it was an active fire. I need the fire department, please, because my pussy's on fire. So apparently, the woman was extremely horny, and oh, and uh, she because well, her emergency service she asked for actually was legit because she said that she needed them to come over with their hoses and put it out. <laughs> That's a quote as well. And to be honest, it's the beginning of a penthouse letter. But you'd have to see a fireman on the street. I'm going to say this to you now. Honestly, girls, boys, don't attempt to not shoot your shot at firemen because guess what? They will fuck you. Yes, that's Um, true. It's not difficult to get a fireman to fuck you. They are the most horny civil service member i think it's i don't know if that's true fireman i bet you fucking dmv you could probably eat a dmv workers pussy for 45 minutes and they'll love it right well i want to say the next one is i'm gonna say what what's a civil servant uh someone who works at the polls for example we have the election coming up some a poll yeah. worker they'll be tired that one day every four years they work honestly if you do see a poll worker this is a good time to give a poll worker a hand job all right the port clinton news herald reported that the 50 year old her name is katrina morgan she faces a felony charge of disrupting public services and a misdemeanor charge of making false alarms now I, apparently her pussy was not in fact, on fire. Because a fire, a physical fire, would be an emergency. But it yes. sounds like she just wanted to be tag teamed and covered <laughs> uh, and covered in the slathery, foamy juice of a bunch of rugged men who are up yeah. all night. Yeah. Well, maybe, and who knows how tall they would be. Additionally, Morgan asked if the fire department's hose was working <laughs> and told the dispatcher, quote, she needed somebody to come put it out with their hose. So please say Morgan was at her friend's house when she called 911. And upon officers arriving, uh, she became agitated after being told she was being arrested for making a, a false report. So, uh, but she did do she did do that. She I, did. You, you know what? I think some people are getting their streams crossed because of that show nine one one. And yeah. you think being like, no, I hate to tell you this, Ryan Guzman is not coming. I know him personally. And he's not going to wow, come to your house. Brag. Yeah, let me Look pick up that. that name I just dropped. Well, several empty of bottles. Speaking of dropping, several empty bottles of booze were found at the residence. So they were just getting hammered. Morgan was eventually handcuffed, and the but police honestly, tried to put her in the cruiser. She resisted, so they had to. Uh, they had to use the stun gun. <laughs> So this whole day, I mean, honestly, if you are this chick, you are hammered. You call 911 being like, my pussy's on fire. You end up getting stunned in the back of a cruiser. Guess what? Kind of got what you wanted. Go hang out in front of the fire department. That's what she wanted. She wanted them to come to her. But I'm saying if you want to go get dicked down by a fireman after you've had a couple of cocktails with your girlfriends, go to the fire station. All and women are ask. beautiful. All women are beautiful. I'm just going to say this though. When it comes to Miss Katrina, she is the, a selective taste. She's a selective taste. So maybe the firefighter that she was looking for, maybe he wouldn't be there. Maybe the firefighter she's looking for is retired. Maybe in his 70s. Because if you're a 70 year old retired firefighter, you look at her and you're like, that's that is a young, hot, smoking woman. Literally puts you on fire. Honestly, firemen could also really deserve. Slip him a hundred bucks. He'll fuck you. Firefighters are not sex objects. This is not professional what? wrestling. This is not. The, no, you have a Chippendales version. You know, firefighters actually work. I know that, but it's they also sleep a lot and they make a lot of food and they, they josh they around do. and they slide up and down the poles they and do. they slap each other in the shower a lot. Honestly, the idea of being a firefighter is like a boy's dream. It is. It's a real hero. It really is a hero. You run into fires all the time. Everybody's swoons but the fun part is the chili. It. For That's us. the fun part. You're talking about Fatboy Firefighters, which is our new show coming to FXX this fall. Can you eat yourself out of having to go fight the fire? Yes. Can you just be like, I'm the guy, I'm here for three days, I'll be cooking for you boys. I saw a couple of guys trying to, at least. <laughs> you, you know, my father tried to eat his way out of being a cop, too. It's fun to do. Well, you can do it. Because eventually they just put you on, if you could, I think you might have to be physically able if you're driving the truck, but if you're filling out the paperwork, what does it matter? If you're a chef... If you're old, if they call, if your nickname is like Old Bones, 
You, it's okay for you to be kind of fat. Me, I agree. Fat. By the way, I've been watching a great barbecue cooking competition show. Uh, it is on Netflix. We've been talking about this. Grubs. Grubs. I don't know what Grubs is doing. Grubs, uh, to be honest, Grubs has got the attitude. He's got the heart, but I don't know if he's got the skill set. I don't think that but he does. Miss he's going Sylvie. sausage. Miss Sylvie's incredible. Ooh. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I'm not even, what is the name? The Great Barbecue I couldn't tell you. Bake Off or it's, something. I just know it's the it's my barbecue story that I watch on the Netflix. Yeah, that's all we know about it. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. Well, speaking of stories, God knows cult leaders like to spin a few, don't they? You know what? It, you know why I even funnily embrace L. Ron Hubbard, right? LRH, I understand. I don't know if it's a- so funny anymore because you do have it on. You wait until the the CD that you have of Dianetics gets stuck in your car and you can't just get it out of your CD so player. Much. I just, it's just on repeat and then you just become him. I know that it's a little problematic, my connection to him, but I just kind of view him as inspiring. Somehow he has kept Scientology KSW for 60 years now. I mean, we'll see when he comes back. I want to say won't. hello when he comes back. Yeah. But LRH, in my mind, he had a flair 
for showmanship and he was self-aware enough that he knew how to properly manipulate people but also keep himself out of it until the very end. True. He really kind of fell apart. This guy that just got arrested is a cult leader who claims to be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. He's arrested in Russia. This is a very interesting story that uh, comes from Siberia where a man named who went by the name of Vissarion, a.k.a. Sergei Troop, was just this guy. He used to be a traffic officer. Literally used to be my dad. So he used he to be a fired, traffic cop. Okay. And then he decided, I'm Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is my question. So there's a picture of this guy. He's got the long, the quintessential Christ-like he look. He looks right? like white why, Jesus. Why? But Jesus was not white. Why? Do they all fall down this classic trope? We're watching the Nexium documentary. By the way, I think it's the consensus of me and among most of my friends that every single person in that documentary is complicit, and they probably all need they to are, be dealt with in some way or another. They're all villains. I can't even watch the next Ugh. episode. I'm sick of the, all of them fucking patting themselves on the back for how happy they are that they got out, even though when that Mark dude first heard his wife was getting her fucking pussy branded, he first man. was like, maybe when you really think about like why your pussy's getting branded. Mark is also like, I wasn't into the cult until I realized it was about math. Literally, it was about math to the, to the degree he that Keith Raniere is up. like, I've invented two forms of new he math. He just said it. No evidence. He just said it. Anyway, Keith Raniere, he starts with, I'm on the cover of Forbes, nice, crop, tight haircut. Then he gets the long flowing locks. Why, uh, Jared Leto, whatever that weird cult is that he is starting, whether it be real or not. with the long hair, though. Why, though, can't they think outside of the bun and not have the short hair? Why not? Or not have the long hair. Why not a bald messiah? Why not? Uh, LRH. Why do they, You're why talking do, about LRH. I'm not talking about LRH. Why? But why do they always go down this cliche road when it comes to the look? Do people? Re- I mean, honestly, is there a scientific study that say long, straight spaghetti hair is somehow more trustworthy than a dome than a chrome dome there's something about it because he looks like the like he looks like the fake version of jesus christ that we see of like of an already fake jesus christ he just looks like the picture of it yeah so i think that there's something about packaging i think that's what we learn from scientology quite a bit and also with nexium as well the thing about nexium is that you have nexium was really the first proto like meta cult that right. would, included the joke of People call us a cult. Like they thought it was like really funny to <laughs> absorb it. And now we see it constantly. There's all these like little yeah. like micro internet cults that now pop up quite a bit done by like half nude millennial women that show the like the, their whole thing is like we're a bit of a cult. And that right. Nexium kind of started that trend. This guy is doing kind of old school old Christian, I am the new version of Jesus Christ and everyone needs to listen to me. And it just seems to be it just we, there wasn't a lot of information coming out. It right. was it was of two hundred church members. They lived in this place called the City of the Sun, which is a deep in the Siberian forests, far away from everywhere. It looks like oh, an elf and you, community. And you could imagine the amount of sunlight they get in deep Siberia. It must be beautiful there. I mean, honestly, I don't know how they were growing vegetables. No idea. But it is a complete. It's a vegan environment. He wrote this thing called the Last Testament, which was basically saying that the world is going to end, and we are the, we are the only people who are going to be saved. So a One bunch of full chapter just on vegan farts. I mean, I Woo! can't imagine the Siberian. Vegan farts. So Torop, a.k.a. Visceron, he lost his job as a traffic officer. That's why I'm not working at the toll That's booth. That's why. I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. <laughs> that makes a lot it's of sense. It's a good so, swivel. It helps the ego. It helped him. So now he did collect several thousands of followers uh, as they've continued on. Visceron told The Guardian in 2002, quote, I am not good. It is a mistake to see Jesus as God. But I am the living word of God the Father. Everything that God wants to say, he says to me. So you're basically saying you are God. You're <laughs> so saying God that you are God, but you're not. Fire traffic officer. It is. I just don't understand. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how people get. I don't understand how people get trapped, except for a fact. Well, like what the, else was going on in Siberia? Honestly, though, if you are going to start a cult, the, the collapse of the Soviet Union, you have no money. This is a perfect place to start a cult. You know. You know why I think it might work is because you go to a community where 
It's kind of like a, I've always said this in my my own my own way. Like if every single thing in my life fell to fucking pieces, right? right. If, if I lost so everything, everything's going great now. Yes. Okay. Technically, yes. Okay. Things are going great. Okay. But if my whole life fell to pieces and I lost absolutely everything, I would go away and I would just go to some small town and join a church and pretend to believe in God and like fit into a community in order to have like community again because they help you out, right? right. That's just, you can. That's what people do to kind of game. The you system. know, this is recorded though, right? Yeah. So- they could saying, go back and they could listen to this and be like, oh, he's just bilking us for money no, and he really doesn't need it. They won't meet Henry Zabrowski. They will meet Thomas Sanderson, <laughs> like whatever my new name is. But these people go to this little community right. where every single thing is taken care of, right? They don't have to worry about the day-to-day anymore. I get it. They just go and they give over all of their rights and they give all of their money and all of their possessions up to this super dinky honky Jesus. Uh-huh. And then they go and they, they they dig up the rutabagas every day. And that's all they have to do every day. If you're a person that has high anxiety or maybe uh-huh. your life has also fallen apart sure. at some point. Or this you is don't how know, they get you. you. You arrive in this community where they're all like, oh, so happy to see you. And then you don't understand until you get into the middle of it, especially if you're a woman, that you become a a breeding factory. Well, this is, of course, where the scam begins. You never see someone at the peak of their success or the peak of their life or the peak of their self-confidence. They never join the church or the cult. It is because these cults and these churches, it's not that they prey on broken people. It's a perfect storm. So just always remember that. And of course, naturally, if you don't join the cult or if you don't join religion, you will all you will ultimately get better anyway. But then you get better. Well, and then especially you have if the you do the, your own work and you, and you work you on do yourself. The work. But yeah. anyway, Visceron claimed Jesus was watching over the people from an orbit close to Earth. Very nice. Very close. And that the Virgin Mary was, quote, running Russia. Uh, didn't do a very good job. Because the Soviet (laughs) Union collapsed. So uh, I don't think the Virgin Mary should really be a leader, but But there you go. Nothing makes me more thrilled than seeing cult leaders in jail. Like, seeing them, like, look how defeated and sad he looks in the fucking sweats. complete the circle? Don't they have to go to jail? Well, that's what we've been saying also for all of our different cult series that we've covered all of the years about how you confirm their persecution complex by... Yeah, closing the loop. But you have to close the loop. Eventually, you have to come close the loop because these people are just going missing into into the middle of the forest and all of their money is gone. And eventually, some of these people's families, I imagine, are like, where's my son? Do you really imagine that, though? I think so. Uh, Yeah, that's true. The only insight I have in Serbia is from the documentary World's Toughest Prisons. So maybe (laughs) I don't have the greatest uh, insight into what the actual people of uh, of Serbia thing, but I God don't know. knows those pr- those prisons are really tough, though. By the way, there is a you know one good thing you could probably look up to. I don't I don't have any other information but this. There has been a rash of Asian uh, star like TV stars, legit this is stars, crazy that have uh, committed suicide over the last like week or so like this is it is very very strange i feel like we hear these stories all the time with with pop stars uh over in uh in asia in china where they get disappeared around 26 or 27 japanese actor say asina um was found dead in her tokyo apartment on monday her management company confirmed they believed to be it was a suicide this happened on monday last week okay then also on monday was a korean actor oh in also died. Uh, they, they believe that it was a drug overdose. And then uh, Alien Huang, who's a Taiwanese singer, actor, and media personality, uh, he was also known as Huang Hongsheng, was found unresponsive on the floor of his apartment by his father on Wednesday morning of last are, week. And they all share the commonality of celebrity at a very young age. Celebrity is still a relatively new phenomenon. This is my understanding. Uh, obviously, in Asian culture, standing out, being a star, that's not exactly as accepted or as rewarded as we are here, it's as it weird. is here. Well, they have way more of a, from what I understand, I actually, the person again, to side story to, is LPOTL at gmail.com. If you have any insight into this, not from a uh, a descendant of the Germans and a descendant of the Polish, let us know what you think as far as that goes, uh, that conversation. Please, honestly, explain if we explain what we get wrong, because I'm very interested in this 
topic because we've talked about earlier last year, there was a rash of parasocial relationships gone wrong. Like the idea of fan to follower, like bleeding and followers were killing several people like that one young girl that was like a, a, an e-girl that got murdered yes, by yes. the dude that she was talking to online. Oof, there was a couple of those brutal. back and forth. And this is another one where it's like, are they just getting worked to death? Because they know in Korea, right, right. they are very, uh, they have... Like the way where BTS came out, like that band BTS, they kind of come from like pop star school. It's basically if Ron Perlman, that uh, that's the man who started in sync, I believe Backstreet Boys. He was behind the 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 boy band phenomenon of the mid nineties. He was horrible. He stole all their money. Ended up incarcerated, and God knows what else he did. It would be like if he actually had government power. Yes. Because all of these things, keep in mind, all they don't have independent networks. My understanding, again, side stories, LPO, We have no clue. You tell us. My understanding is most of the entertainment is is government funded. Uh, So a lot of these pop stars are actually more getting paid by the government. And a lot of the things that we have here, our main export, and we talk about it all the time, is entertainment. Yeah. And that's one of the areas where the Japanese and the South Koreans specifically have really been trying to shine and sort of propagate their their uh, social beliefs via entertainment we've been doing it forever and so it's really when intense. Civ, in civ uh six that's a culture war so maybe that you're trying to win a culture war so, by trying to imprint people it, with your ideas exactly so maybe these people maybe these entertainers got out of line or something i don't know but it is strange to think of three celebrities of roughly like when you think about it, it would be like they're all like Heath early Ledger, it, it's a matter of it's from like 25 to 36 is the age range and i just wonder if they i wonder if it's if it is uh straight up corruption or is it just the grind also of who's being funding, a superstar over there we know wolf of wall street who the hell is funding a lot of these projects too i so, don't know i don't know and it would be like this story is literally like if heath ledger died but then Ryan Gosling died two days later, and then Jake Gyllenhaal died. Stop it! I'm not even saying it. I'm not saying it. It did not happen. Don't you dare! It's very sad. R.I.P. Heath forever. But that's how big this story is, and it's, yeah, it's just so unique. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today. To get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H-E-L-P.com slash last pod. Hi, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. 
It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Anyway, this is a story just for me. A man has died after eating a bag of ha- a bag and a half of licorice every day. So be careful, this Henry. Is, I want no, not me. Marcus Parks. Oh my God, this is Marcus. Don't even say that. He likes licorice. He loves all of the candy, all but he doesn't that. eat much of it. I know. He does not eat a bag and a half. Wait, the way I've seen when I've gone into his hotel room oh after God. a night, you and I, all night beers. We got vodka. We got joints. Screaming at each other all night. You go. Don't see Marcus all night. Go into his hotel room filled with candy wrappers. Candies I've never open. seen before. Yeah, don't know what they are. All like, yeah, Monster Clunch. Hell and or and, whatever. And, yeah, yeah, and Gribsons, yeah, all his weird British bullshit that people keep sending him. And then they open up. It's just one wrapper because he told me he opens up one candy at a time and he takes one bite. One bite. And a small bite. It is uh, It's perverse. It is somebody who I think that Obviously, would make- these are two fats uh, accusing a skinny of food He's a crumbs. trophy. He's a toffee. He's yeah. thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Um, I think we all know that. Anyway, it is dangerous what Marcus is doing, and we'll, we'll have to add to his <laughs> pressure on his yes, mind. Yeah, absolutely. We're never going to mention this to him. A Massachusetts construction worker. He loved uh, black licorice, which is interesting. Not my flavor, but that's okay. He ate a bag and a half every day. And, Man, uh, every day. Well, it's supposed to heal. It's actually supposed to be good if you have an upset stomach. So he might have uncontrolled like grid or something that he wasn't taking care of. That must have been like when we were in Ireland and we had the Guinness poops, which just comes out as extra Guinness. So apparently this threw his nutrients out of whack and it caused the 50 year old, 54 year old man's heart to stop. Um, Jesus so Christ. this is according to Neil Butala, a cardiologist at the Massachusetts Man, How General sad Hospital. is this in the age of a pandemic that you just get killed by licorice? <laughs> he says, or she says, Dr. Neil, N-E-E-L, uh, says, even a small amount of licorice you eat can increase your blood pressure a little bit. What? Did not know that. I thought licorice was like neutral. I thought black licorice was healthier than red licorice. I don't know. I'm a Red Vines guy. It can cause a dangerously low potassium and imbalances in other minerals. Eat called, banana. I don't know. Eating as little as two ounces of black licorice a day for two weeks could cause a heart rhythm problem. What? Especially for folks over 40. What? Yes, indeed. So this, this is like a controlled substance. It's crazy. This is according to Dr. Robert Eckel. He's over there at the University of Colorado. Uh, he says it's more than licorice sticks. It could be jelly beans, licorice teas, a lot of things over the counter. Even some beers, like Belgian beers, have this compound in it. Whoa. So be very careful. You might think well, you're living a pure life just eating your candy every now and I again. I have my licorice every night. Be careful. But, you know, to be honest, I've always been anti-licorice. So yeah. well, I'm fine with this. Do you know where this guy collapsed? Where? Do you think what what do you think would be the saddest place to find out that you collapsed? Where like if I was dead and then you told me afterwards where I was found? Yeah, like where did they find you? Um the bathroom of a Hardee's. Close. He collapsed while having lunch at a fast food restaurant. Chris has. So very sad. Well, he was eating something else. <laughs> I know. Man, someone should have told him to get like cuz now they do in the 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 they shame you with the fast food places cuz now they're like an app you know like instead of getting fries, I'll have the side of apples, please. Oh, everyone Can you loves imagine? a hamburger. 
burger and apples. Oh yeah, that's what I think of every day because I'm I am a I'm a, a 36 year old man with the mind of an 11 year old. I love apples. Thank you. Emergency responders did CPR and he did revive. Uh, he was revived. Uh, however, the licorice was too strong. He died the next day. Did so, they pump the licorice out of his stomach and save it? <laughs> I don't know. It was like when Jenny McCarthy gave CPR to the guy in uh, in um, basketball when the hot dog just comes in and out <laughs> yeah, of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, I remember. That's a funny movie. Man, there. she was a hot tamale in that film, huh? She still is, although... Looking- I don't care if she's crazy. Oh, I don't really care. I mean, she's definitely driving that one guy completely insane, I but he's, mean, from, honestly, he's insane anyway. So. You are signing up for that. You know she's crazy. So Jeff Beckman, of course, uh, he works with the, he's a spokesman for the Hershey Company, which makes the popular Twizzlers licorice twists. Uh, he says all of our products are safe to eat and formulated <laughs> in full compliance with FDA regulations. Uh, he says- and sh- beg every- people to not be afraid of licorice. He just says everything should be enjoyed. In moderation, indeed. So anyway, uh, if if you didn't have a phobia of licorice, you can add that right there. You can just put that right in your brain, and a new phobia has been born today. So. But yeah, you know, it's like one day, oh, eggs are bad for you. Oh, next day, eggs are good for you. I don't want to talk about the egg that had my mother manic. It had every house mother in the 90s manic. Eggs every week, Oprah would tell us something different, and I still don't know the freaking answer. Meanwhile... You know, then Oprah was being fucking inflated and deflated, and I gotta listen to you about eggs all day? I can't believe it. I'm sitting here reading your fucking egg magazine, Oprah? I remember what Oprah did. Holy shit, get out of my kitchen, Oprah! Funniest, funniest Oprah episode ever. Not to, I know she needs the plug, but she used to do an annual show where she would give away stuff. She would give away cars, cruises. She did one, one, one show they did where they said, we're not giving away anything. We're donating all of the gifts we were going to give to you to charity. And then people were so mad. Silence. They almost rioted. Yep. So here's another story that is going to, I imagine, unfold deeper, deeper. into the future. Uh, Brittany and Armando Barron. New Hampshire man forced wife to behead lover. This is a very intense story. A New Hampshire man and his wife have been arrested and charged with the murder of the wife's lover. This comes from Heavy.com. Okay. According to Keen Sentinel, 30-year-old Armando Barron had discovered that his wife, 31-year-old Brittany Barron, was having an affair with 25-year-old Jonathan Amaralt on December 19th, 2020, after going through her phone. So you got to understand, this isn't, you know... To people in couples out there, to people dating right now, to people dating during court, especially during quarantine, it's got to be tough. If you look on your partner's phone and you find something you don't want, I'm going to say a little bit that's on you. I have just heard, and I'm not sure if this is 100% true. Perhaps it's more for Top Hat, but this is about privacy. We had Joe Toscano on last week's Top Hat, uh, Automating Humanity from The Social Dilemma. Check it out. Apparently, the police are, you can, you don't have a Fifth Amendment right you're not protected uh, from your thumbprint. So if the cops are like, open your phone, they can take your thumb, put it on there, but you can't put in the password. That That's illegal. It's that's very true, weird. But you can also, you can, there's another workaround with the face recognition, too. They said if you don't look at it or if you pluck your eyeballs out. Whoa. So I've also heard of spouses taking their partner's thumb as they sleep, opening up their phone that way. Isn't what is that this? Scary? A fucking Mission Impossible movie? It's insane. If you don't trust your partner that much, I don't know. Have a conversation. So Armando Barron. He then, this is when it goes off the deep end, which I can understand. He's, he sees ma- I the text, he's mad, sure. He's gone insane. He's going to, I'm not going to say that it's, I think that he knew right from wrong, but he definitely had a moment. I'm going to say <laughs> a bit of a Monday moment. You are a little too sympathetic for this. I'm this not man, really, I'm really not. It's just, he just went so over the top that it's like, once you go into supervillain world, right. then we're, it's like, it takes a chorus of people going, whoa, first, whoa, whoa, buddy, whoa. At first I am sympathetic. I said, that's really sad. I'm so sad. But it's not it, sad Armando, what happened. That's really sad that your wife cheated on you. Let's go have some beers. Let's talk about it. Sure. That's when the sympathy ends. Right. Armando Barron, he lured his wife's lover to Annette State Forest in Ringe in southern New Hampshire using her cell phone. Think about this shit, too. Again. So he's going to fake it. You know that you're fucking, <sighs> you're, you're fucking a girl that is married, right? And right. you know he's got a husband. And then all of a sudden you get some like random text being like, hey, baby, wouldn't it be fun if we fucked down deep in the woods? And the camera just zooms out and it's Armando's face. Yeah, I'm going like texts. beaten off just thinking about it. <laughs> so you get this, and so you text, and you're, like, you're used to being a fuck boy. So you look at this text, you're like, all right, I'll fuck on a log. <laughs> all of a sudden, Amaralton arrived. He shows up. 
Baron jumps up from behind a tree, oh. assaults him. Oh, no. Uh, Baron then ordered his wife to shoot Emerald, but she Jeez. said no. What is However, this, mice and men? This is insane. He's like, shoot him, shoot him, bitch, shoot him. And then she says no. However, she capitulated when he ordered her to slit Emerald's wrists, which I honestly think is almost worse. So she said no to the simple death of being shot in the head. And You're gone. made him cut, but I imagine they were light <sighs> cuts, and she's probably crying and stuff, and he grabbed her, and he's like trying to make her cut, but then he just shot him in the head. Yeah. Right. Baron shot him, then shot him in his chest twice, okay. then once in the head. The Baron then took Emerald's car and drove him to a campsite in northern New Hampshire, stopping on the way to buy lighter fluid, household cleaner, tarps, and a shovel. And oh, I'm going to so say this right now. Did they go to the serial killer store? They did. But I'm going to say right now, if you are cleaning up a body, here's a free tip: buy some like bag of Snickers <laughs> and like a gallon of milk or something, just to throw him off. And just say like, oh, can't wait, can't wait to go to this family reunion. You I know. gotta dress a deer tonight. <laughs> just say that out loud and legally, you're not culpable. They. they Literally bought everything, everything that you would you buy need. in a bad, in a badly, poorly written script. It was at the campsite that he then ordered his wife to decapitate Emerald's head from his body oh and bury gosh. his head and body separate. According to the affidavit, uh, Armando Barron ordered her to do this so Emerald's identity couldn't be identified by dental records. Oh my God, they're so... Does this okay? This man obviously is not kept up with any modern science or any modern technology. This guy's still upset. Yeah, I see. I don't think he's doing a lot of deep planning here. He then demanded his wife to text her friends and say that she would be leaving for a while to clear her head. And then he just left her in the woods with two guns and say, All right, you just stay here. Oh, and he right. said he was going to return a week later to come get her. Oh, well, I, now what was she going to do for that week? She was going to go. She I was, don't know. Yeah, she might have turned into a bit of a, in, into a bit of a, a, a creature there. So, but then they found her, and then she, to the uh, according to the Sentinel, two hunters saw Britain Baron at the campsite multiple times in the days following Emerald's killing, and they didn't do you know they they said hey you can't camp here. Yeah, so please say kept doing it. she was alone at the camp that had armed uh, near near her was a large object covered by a tarp and covered with sticks and branches. And this is what she's told the officers when they arrive. She says, I'm in big trouble, uh, which I do believe is an accurate uh, way to, to She was to totally, say that. Uh, and to be honest, she was forced. She He beat her very oh badly before it even yeah, began. He beat her. He, he had total bad. physical control. And this, this guy went fucking crazy. Yes, he did. He's a total scumbag. And obviously, probably uh, Miss Brittany Barron, Probably this relationship was abusive, and perhaps no. that's why she. Uh, that's why. That's she why she was cheating. Obviously, was trying to get the trying because sometimes people cheat just to fucking find a way to get the hell out. Yeah, Armando, not good. Brittany Barron told police that she burned uh, the belongings of her boyfriend and wiped down his car and was waiting for her husband to return. He was heading to the campsite with their nine-year-old daughter Jeez. and dirt and concrete. Uh, really, just that's that story is so much sadder with the nine-year-old. It's um, so scary. It's a scary story. The couple is set to be arraigned Friday with Armando in the Cheshire Supreme Court, or Superior Court, rather, and Brittany in the Coup Superior Court. If this story is, if it holds up as it sounds, I feel like this woman was a, a bit under duress. Um, when this man was killed. And uh, so I, we'll see what happens with the courts there. And I will say straight up again, if you are a part of it, you are stuck in quarantine with somebody who's very, very dangerous. This is the time to maybe try to figure out to reach out. And I could put right here the the hotline for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Like, honestly, if you yeah. are in the middle, like sometimes you need the, the fucking the kick in the butt. Do you dial 1-800-799-7233? All right, oh, but this that's is a fucking wild story. The, okay. But you know that's obviously going to plan pan out. But we'll see. Ooh, just take a fuck. It's hard, man. Being you know being cheated on is rough. But honestly, especially if you're a fucking piece of shit, I'm think I'm certain it's going to be revealed that he was a piece of shit. I would up think, until this point, I would think so. And even if he wasn't, uh, the reaction, of course, is far far too intense. Flip it. Make it a cuck situation. Have a little fun. Why not? Ugh. Brittany Barron's attorney, Richard Guerrero, says there is no reason to deprive this woman who is presumed to be innocent of her freedom at this point. He goes on to say she had no idea what else he was going to do. So we shall see. And we can follow that story, as a matter of fact. And um, who knows how that is going to turn out. All right. Well, I think it's about time for Hero of the Week. Yeah. Okay, so I don't even know which one to choose. So, Henry, I'm going to let you choose. The landmine, uh, you know about this rat. 
Well, the landmine rat did his job. Very cute. Okay, so there was a rat. Uh, it was it was sent out to detect landmines, which are apparently are all over the UK. Did not know that. Well, we left them behind. Ah, uh, so the seven-year-old giant African pouched rat on Friday was awarded a British veterinary charity's top civilian award for animal bravery after sniffing out unexploded landmines in Cambodia. Interesting. Hmm. In addition to 39 landmines, uh, the heroic rodent discovered 28 other items. Um, it was across 1.5 million square feet since he was trained by Apapo, a Belgian charity that works with programs in Angola, Zimbabwe, and Mozambique. So isn't that cute? He's a hero rat, and he's super see, that's cute. A, I want to see... This is an opportunity to do like a dark version of like Ratatouille. I am so happy with that idea. I had a rat in my Brooklyn apartment. I, they are so brutal. But like, they imagine don't like die. they are mean. Imagine mean. doing like a dark animated film about a rat. <sighs> like it's like essentially Ratatouille meets Hurt Locker. Oh, I like that idea. That's really what this would be. Uh, the PDSA head, Jan McLaughlin, said, The work of the Hero Rat Magua and Apapo is truly unique and outstanding. Hero Rat Magua's work directly saves and changes the lives of men, women, and children who are impacted by these landmines. So thank you, Hero Rat. We also have a story of MTA workers. Speaking of subway rats, for some reason, I just want to make MTA workers heroes of the week. It was discovered right below Grand Central tracks. I mean, honestly, they are on the front lines of all of this bullshit always in New York. Yes, of course. So uh, apparently they had created a bit of a man cave down there. It had a a microwave. It had a refrigerator. Travis had a lot of problems with us calling it a man cave just because it was underground. And he said it's more of a break room. Travis Morningstar, of course, finding a way to be critical. Um, Very intriguing. (laughs) So the the investigators found wooden cabinets that appeared to be specifically designed to conceal the TV and futon along with a pull-out couch cot sitting just outside the room that's cute uh, as hell a, and a half empty beer sat in the fridge so mta workers just for being you you get hero of the week and then this week yeah just I, lastly, I, I can even read this off from here because yes, uh, the, our listener email and hero have sort of combined yes i'm just gonna do this letter from the listeners because we did a whole episode of them last week and we're gonna be doing a fuck ton of listener yes. pastas at the end of the month G- send them to L- side stories lpotl at gmail.com please because we're getting spooky this month we want to hear your shit and i love the stories that are closer to being real than not yes to be honest um but this is a story that's a a, a real hero this is a, we got reached out by somebody who works at a place called Vehicles for Change, a nonprofit based in Hellthorpe, Maryland. In Hellthorpe, Maryland, I know I said that incorrect. Eh, it's got to be close. Um, Hellthorpe, it's almost Baltimore. Since 1999, <laughs> we have been empowering families with financial challenges to achieve personal and economic independence through vehicle ownership and technical job training. That is so crucial. Vehicles, we forget, we take it for granted. If you don't have a car, you don't get to go to work. This is a really important thing. Especially in a place that doesn't have like an extensive mass Absolutely. transit program. Um, the long and short of it is that what we do is we take in donated vehicles, fix them up at our auto repair training program, Full Circle, which is so they train people to work awesome. on cars, which is incredibly important, Love and then it. award those vehicles to hardworking families referred to us by social service organizations. We've awarded over 6,000 subsidized vehicles. 75% of those recipients report increasing their yearly earnings by $7,500 by $7,500 within 12 months. Nice. It's really, really cool. This is... Uh, What's the name of the organization again? It is called Vehicles for Change. Okay. Our auto repair training program, Full Circle, serves men and women who have had an interest in the field who have had faced barriers in their education. 91% of our Full Circle graduates are formerly incarcerated citizens. 100% are placed in full-time positions and less than 2% have returned to prison. Oh, that is incredible. Great work. Those are the stories we need to highlight as well. And we didn't get $20 million to call it good news, did we? Remember that? When Ryan, what's his I, name? You know, I don't even think that show's coming out. <laughs> I, I think know. that after the, the the fallout from that, and then he just I took like that John money Krasinski, and ran. but it was, it was anyway. difficult. It's hard to just sell the concept of good news. Yes, vehicle, so vehicles for change. 
Uh, so yeah, support yeah, this nonprofit. The, so yeah, we at VFC need support from the community now more than ever. If we want to help manage the economic fallout brought on by the pandemic, the vast majority of the vehicles we award actually come in as tax deductible donations, and the pandemic has been a hard challenge for many nonprofits, which is true. Which oh, is why we're God. doing absolutely every Saturday yes. haunt your house twitch.tv slash last podcast network. Uh, we come and watch us host a, a hangout watching horror movies all October trying to keep it spooky but also we're trying to raise money for various charities um the first one is hashtag be an arts hero uh awesome. which is more it's not fully a charity but it's an organization that is working towards generating legislature to help the theaters across the country that have been destroyed by the pandemic these are people that are really trying to help anybody within the the performing world the, yeah. on, on all sides of it because Theater, as you know, it is going to be drastically different in a couple of months. And, you know, and I'm you, talking about comedy clubs, bars where there are performances, anything like we are course, really fucked. You know, when, when you think about theater, you think fancy boys and the girls on stage. But the people that make these uh, theaters run are just working class folks who oh, are yes. just like they're just it is so funny. Actors we, don't make a lot of money. People that work in the theater, people that work on all of these levels of theater don't make a lot of money. So we need to help out all the working class people out there putting all these things together and yes as henry said we will be helping out a different charity every single week and as well we'll be haunting your home which is going to be super exciting it's something to do on a saturday and gets us drunk on the inside you're gonna see us be (laughs) as spooky as possible trying to keep it spooky all month can we say who the what the first movie is yes we're doing um it is their first hosts are the hosts of last podcast on the left with our significant others each one of us, Puffin and Jerry. Yep, and I, we will be sh- we will be watching the movie White Zombie. Woo, this which, movie is classic. It's been a long time since yes. I love Bella Lugosi. Oh, he is the best. See, and he was tall, so oh, he was viewed as very attractive. Yes, and he was, wasn't he? He is, uh, you know. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. You got to live every day knowing you get up tomorrow, man. October begins, so at least we got October. It starts tomorrow. Two days? Two, I don't no, know. Tomorrow. I mean, Today I, it's the, gas. It's, it's tomorrow. amazing to me that we're yeah. in October, honestly. Live your October life. There's some people that don't keep it spooky, but Ooh. you know what? Keep spooky working. KSW this October. Technically, this is, this is the month where COVID is cool. This we're is in a the, pandemic. What, what? Not really, because it destroyed all of our plants. Right, right, right. I want you to love. <laughs> all right, love knowing that we are carrying the black flame of Halloween deep inside. And yes, it's difficult to really just subject it onto people like we normally do. Mm-hmm. Each mo- each normally each October, but now the, the goal is to project it from behind the mask, <laughs> and then just that means. laugh, laugh outside your window maniacally once a day. Honestly, do that to keep your neighbors on their toes. And then if people yell at you, you can say that you're doing it for essential workers. Yep, yep, yes, indeed. They used to do that in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> they used to just <laughs> bang a bunch of pots and pans at 7 p.m. when all the uh, when all the nurses got off work. And they're but, probably uh, like, "My head hurts. I've yeah, been working all day." I don't know if it really worked, but it was a, it was a good sentiment. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves! Hail Satan! Magustalations, everyone! Hail me! Yes, indeed. Thank you, tall fighters out there. Thank you all for the tall fighters. Uh, that is Henry Zabrowski saying that. So very nice of you, Henry. I didn't say that. No. Okay. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once in a lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.